Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. British soccer manager Brian Clough, if I'm saying that right, was asked by a reporter on one occasion to perform uh, or to assess his performance as a coach, and he replied, I wouldn't say that I'm the best manager in the business, but I'm the top one. (laughs) Preachers can generally go to the opposite extreme. Uh, As a preacher, you can converse, or when people start talking about our capabilities as a preacher, or somebody comes up with you know, a a compliment, we can gravitate towards self-depreciation much more than self-promotion. And there are some brothers who do gravitate towards self-promotion. They are easily seen, and as Jesus would say, they have their reward. Now, in the dictionary, boast may have a five-letter uh, word spelling, but you and I know it's, it's much more of a four-letter word. It's much more foul than it is, you know, friendly. So in spite of our uh, hate, maybe, for a boasting, in whatever form that it takes, whether it be inward, whether it be outward, we as preachers, we can easily, you know, be sucked in to this vice of boasting or self-promotion. The Greek word term for boasting carries a sense of glorifying or glory, And to glory means to revel in, you know, to feel elevated or lifted up by something or someone. And boasting can happen, as I said, you know, in the privy parts, in the privacy of your own heart and in your own mind where you build yourself up inwardly. It doesn't always manifest itself outwardly, but it it starts inwardly. And it's not just talking about ourselves, but it's, it's self-talk. It's inward thoughts. It's uh, it's the inward rejoicings. It's what, you know, pampers your little fanny and keeps you asleep at night. And if we're not careful, that boasting is such a huge problem in the kingdom of God, uh, more than we, we may realize. Paul exposed this type of uh, boasting or glorying in himself um, in, in a lot of his letters, but in particular, the Galatian letter, he, he exposed a group of, of you know Jewish teachers, ministry leaders, we would call them, uh, but were Judaizers, and they, they promoted circumcision. And Paul rejected their theo- theological reasoning for all of this, and they're boasting in the flesh, he says. Here's Galatians chapter 6, 12, and 13. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not keep themselves, or do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. Now we think, why in the world would somebody want to boast in the flesh? Why would we gain any kind of significance or glory or boast or revel in having a list of people and a whole line of men lining up to be circumcised? Well, for for you who know, and I trust most of you do, being circumcised was a sign of the covenant and being uh, in allegiance to the Mosaical law. And so getting more Gentiles and more people in line, quote, and having more men influenced 
to be circumcised meant that there was success in their Jewish ministry, success in their, their Judaizing ways. They don't want to be persecuted for the cross. Um, and as preachers, we, we, we certainly don't measure success in terms of circumcisions, but you and I well know the new sign of the covenant today that we've been placed into Christ by baptism that itself, if we have so many baptisms, we feel so great. If we have less baptisms or somebody didn't respond after my sermon, we can feel as though our ministry isn't impactful and it just tears our, our little G God down in our mind of boasting in ourselves. It may not be baptisms. It may be Sunday attendance. It may be how many podcast downloads I get. It may be, you know, speaking engagements. And we talked about comparisons last week. But we can fall into the trap of boasting about our ministry, our influence, our impact in the brotherhood. And even if we only do it silently within our hearts, we have to be careful because this is where it starts. You know as well as I do, Jesus said, lust doesn't happen in the bedroom. Lust happens when you see somebody and you begin, you begin to lust after them. You don't, you, don't, you don't jump in the bed with somebody overnight. This is a process and it begins in your heart. Now, the Bible is very clear. There is to be no boasting whatsoever except with one exception. And Paul brings that out as well in, 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 a, in, a, in Galatians chapter 6. And, and we're going to stay there today uh, if you want to make notes in your Bible. But, but Paul rejected, you know, really the whole system of boasting about ministry and influence. And he could have easily played the game. In 2 Corinthians um he he says I, I'm not I'm not I'm not a fool, and 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 do you consider me to be a fool? And I'm not going to be I'm not going to lower myself like these quote chief apostles and and compare myself to them. But he said I, I will I will I will do that for just a moment. I will play the game. I will be the fool for a moment and and endure this foolish talk. And he said compare my life with the life of Christ. Which one of us looks more like Jesus? These chief apostles who charge the brethren to preach who. Um, show up with their documents and their phylacteries and all this sort of stuff, or does my life look like the life of Jesus? Which, he says, compare, gauge, um, my life looks like Jesus. The word is cruciformed. I, I live a cruciformed lifestyle. And so he did it for the sake of teaching them um, really a lesson. Paul rejected quote, ministry success, boasting in that, except with one exception, Galatians six fourteen. But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. When you think of the word cross, think of the word lethal, and it puts to death. Billy Bland, one of my instructors at the Memphis School of Preaching, he said, brethren, nobody survives a crucifixion. Nobody gets off a cross, and that's so true. And we are, we are called by Christ every day to throw ourselves back on that cross, to deny ourselves. And, there, and we really need to get into a whole lesson about denying ourselves and self-discipline, but we won't for this hour. But the cross had a, le a lethal effect on Paul's tendency to boast, and it should as mine as well. Now, before Paul met Christ and before you met Christ, we probably did boast in personal achievement, just like Paul did. You know, he confessed to the to the Galatians, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age, you know, so extremely so that I was for the tradition of my fathers, chapter 1 and verse 14 in Galatians. Paul was keeping, quote, spiritual score. But when 
Christ called Paul to salvation, everything changed for him. Everything changed, and it cha- and it changed for you, or it was supposed to have changed for you. You're in the business of, of sanctification, and we're in the business of killing this boastful spirit over and over every day if we need to be. But something died. Paul's boasting in himself, in his reputation, in his uh, doctorate, in, in his uh, next in line to be you know, head of the Pharisees. I mean, all those things. He says, I, I count them as loss, as dung. That, that none of that matters at all, period. The only thing that matters is being in Christ. But like Paul, we, we've come by God's grace to understand the mystery and the message of the cross. You and I have in, uh, embraced the cross personally. We preach it and teach it on a very public scale, public nature. We live within it in our very heart. But you know, boasting in the cross for us makes perfect sense. But what we can't forget is that boasting in the cross made no sense whatsoever to the folks in Paul's day. It was foolishness, and he even says that in the First Corinthian letter, that it's considered foolishness to the world. It would have been nonsense. It would have been folly, foolishness. Um, it just didn't make any sense. The Gentiles would never, <laughs> never boast in a cross. Cicero was a Roman historian, and the reference of this is the cross, heathen and Christian. Um, it's a good book, um, written in 1882, I believe. Anyway, but he, Cicero was a Roman historian, and he was a statesman, and he said not only let the cross be absent uh, from the person of Roman citizens, but its very nature from their thoughts, eyes, and ears. So that was not something that they even wanted to consider. Don't even talk about it. Don't even have it within your heart. And the Latin word of cross is crux, which we get our English word excruciating. So that was a word that you didn't say in polite company. It, instead, you uh, there was a euphemism for it called the unlucky tree. And so boasting in the unlucky tree, this, this dirty word, was a revolt to most Gentiles as as boasting in a, a beheading would be to us. To see ISIS on TV and to see somebody uh, have have themselves beheaded, um, they boast in that. We find it revolting. Same thing when it came to the cross of Christ for the Gentiles. So the Gentiles didn't boast in the cross, and so the Jews were even less likely to do so. Deuteronomy 21-23 a hanged man is cursed by God, meaning being hung on a tree. So the Gentiles saw crucifixion as being cursed by the state, yes, but the Jews saw it as being cursed by God. So why would anybody want to boast in that? And Paul himself even shared the worldview of those who saw the crucifixion as being cursed by God. So that's precisely why he boasted in, in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. This meant that you came to the cross and you know, you understand, you are coming under God's curse. Now, chapter 3 of Galatians, verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. And so as unthinkable as it is, as it sounds, as it looks, as it feels, you've got the Son of God, the sinless Son of God, who has willingly chose to experience the curse 
of God's vehement wrath, white hot judgment towards sin. Remember the old commercials that said, the old infomercials or TV commercials that's trying to sell you some cheap pan or whatever? They'll say, for $19.99, this is what you get, but wait, there's more, okay? So, so with the cross of Christ and Paul boasting in it, wait, there's more. So not only did Christ put himself under God's curse, but he did it for us in our place. We broke God's law. We broke his heart. And so we rightly deserve this curse. In verse 10 of chapter 3 of Galatians, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So Paul knew, and I know, that the cross of Christ has our name on it. Paul came to grasp the meaning, the message of the cross. And so when you and I do that, just like it did for Paul, it kills our natural tendency to glorify in ourselves or in our accomplishment. Chapter 6 and verse 14 in Galatians, By which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Worldly standards of success lose their power when we think about the cross of Christ. It should. If not, we're not thinking about the cross in the right way. Paul dropped out of this, this race of keeping up with the Joneses, the spiritual Joneses, the preacher Joneses, the elder Joneses, the deacon Joneses, the servant Joneses. I've got to do that as well. Paul the cross of Christ killed every reason to boast, and it has to for me. So, like passion, passion is a wonderful thing, but passion has a place. Boasting has a place. Remember that he, that he says, I do not boast in anything except this one thing. And so it has a place. If you have a, a log that's on fire in a fireplace, that's great. It's going to heat your house. Take the log out of the fire, put it on the carpet, you're going to burn your house down. The fire has a place. Boasting has a place. How should Paul's exhortation, his example, shape me and you as a preacher, as a servant, shepherd, deacon, teacher, whatever? It should help us by putting boasting in its proper place. Two C words for you. Consciously and continuously focus, put your heart on what Christ accomplished for me by his substitutionary, that's a big word, death on the cross. Let the cross have a lethal impact on my tendency to glory in my ministry for you as well. So our hearts should regularly sing. Stuart Townend wrote, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Great song, wonderful song. Me and one of my deacons, Chris Vance, were talking this past week about this song and him leading this song. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Now, does this mean that preachers should no longer care about their ministry, that they no longer care about their influence? Should 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 we be indifferent to how people respond to our preaching? Should we deflect appreciation? Should we dismiss affection? No, not at all. Paul rejoiced. And here's Galatians chapter 4, 14 through 15. He says, And that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, you did not despise or loathe, but you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus himself. When there is that sense of blessing you had, where then is that sense of blessing you had? For I bear witness that, if possible, you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. They responded favorably to Paul, 
It's Paul making a making a point about his poor eyesight. Is that the thorn in the flesh? We're not going to go there. But the fact of the matter is, they responded well to Paul. They received him, as he says, as an angel or angeloi, a messenger of God. You received me just as Christ Jesus himself. Just as if Jesus was here, you received me. And he gloried in that, not for personal gain, but for the cross of Christ. So I should, just like Paul, receive people who want to receive me, but for the glory of God alone, for the cross alone, nothing else, not for me. Paul no longer glorified in his accomplishments for Christ, but in what Christ had accomplished for him on the cross. So what do we do? Bring it, let's bring it home, let's land the plane. What do we do when our hearts and minds revert to the old ways of glorifying in ourselves? Because we can when we think about our influence, we think about our ministry, we think about our persona, what do we look like, what do we what do we sound like, yada, yada, yada. The Holy Spirit does a, a wonderful job in putting to death the deeds of the body. You, you and I have been called to do that. Romans chapter 8 and verse 13, we put to sin, we put to death the sin that is in our bodies by the power of the Spirit. How do we do that? Well, by the Word of God and by prayer to God. Lord, help me do this. I search the scriptures. I look for wisdom. I see the cross. I see what Jesus has done. Why in the world would I want to glory in myself when Jesus has went and died for me? So put your eyes back on Jesus. But but let me give you two S's to, to help you uh, alliterate. Number one, squash. <laughs> squash it like a bug. Put it to death. Holy Spirit, Romans 8 and verse 13 says, put it to death. Put it to death by my power, which comes by my word. We, we have to confess that that we we pull to self glory. If you do, you've got to confess that. When that temptation shows itself ugly self, when sin rears its ugly head, you've got to confess it. You've got to kill it. And, and maybe maybe it's helpful that you physically stomp your foot. <laughs> I don't know. There's a guy who who is trying to help smokers and addicts alike to um, to stop their habits. And what he what he's come up with basically is a very thick band, maybe maybe half an inch in in width, that goes around. It's very flexible, very very um, very um, whatever that word is, where you can pull it. Uh, anyway, but basically what he does is he got a rubber band around his wrist, and when he thinks about smoking or he thinks about drinking or whatever it is, he shows folks this is what you do. When you think about that, I want you to pull that band up as high as you can and let it go and let it pop your wrist. And basically, you're giving yourself a whipping <laughs> for thinking about that. And he says there's some psychology behind um, the physical pain when you think of a when you think of something, and he's which is which is elementary, and we know that when we think about children or dogs or whatever. If my son Stone goes to put a fork, of course he he won't. I trust a fork into the light socket. Uh, it's, if he does it, it's going to shock him, and it, and it could kill him. But it's going to render pain either way, whether by that light socket or my hand to his backside. He is going to feel pain and know this is no, no. So whether it be the rubber band around your wrist thinking about smoking, whether it be stomping your foot thinking about boasting, saying no, uh, you've got to have a sense of no, a physical no when you think about that. Kill it and kill it fast. But also not just squash, but survey. Survey speaks of refocusing attention on Christ and his cross. Survey 
survey the good, the good news, the gospel, the euangelion, uh, the good news of the gospel. Christ died on the cross to redeem me, Jake, from the curse, to forgive my sin, which includes boasting, self-glory, get rid of it. We have to. And so the best way to get our eyes off of ourselves and our desire for self-glory is to put them back on Jesus. Look at Jesus. Isaac Watts put it so beautifully in his hymn. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. The more that we glory, the more that we glory in the cross of Christ, the deeper we will understand what Paul discovered. The cross of Christ kills all other reasons for boasting. That includes my ministry and yours. We don't boast in anything except the cross of Christ.